0: This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. You're listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and this is Season 3, Episode 77. Hey, everyone. Andy here. If you're listening to this the morning of Thursday, July 7th, it is officially draft day. And I have a strong feeling that uh, not just players coming off the board, but it seems like there's a lot of uh, trades and movement that will go down amongst players already drafted into the NHL. But, uh, yeah, very exciting time for sure for teams both looking to rebuild the fates of their organizations and also teams that are just trying to inch ever closer to achieve the ultimate goal of winning the Stanley Cup. My co-host James is still on vacation with his family up near Lake Ontario, so we miss him very much, but I'm glad he's having a good time and I look forward to him returning for next week. Thanks again to Neil of the Devil State of Mind podcast for joining us for our episode that dropped on Monday. Uh, Neil and I spoke about free agency and just what a crazy start it's been to the year uh, for so many teams just out of the gate, making things happen, trades, re-signings, firings, coach hirings. Yeah, it's been pretty hectic. So, And we we also went around and gave hot takes for every team in the Eastern Conference. uh, So it was a lot of fun. So yeah, if you're interested uh, in listening to that episode, it dropped uh, on Monday. So you can go back and listen to it in the feed. In a typical podcast fashion, the second we finished recording and signed off, uh, I looked at my phone and, of course, Ryan McDonough had just been traded from the Tampa Bay Lightning to the National Predators. And after Neil and I were kind of just talking about some teams that might have interest in him. So, uh, again, put the old the Broadway boys mush on it with the help of Neil. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just further illustrates just how crazy it's been. You know, this is a team that's literally – three weeks off of uh, or not even just uh, losing the cup final and they're already moving just one of their core uh, veteran players but listen I mean I have a lot of love for McDonough he's clearly was such a good player with the Rangers didn't get it done here unfortunately and then he was just an absolute warrior and a horse for Tampa but you know listen I think Tampa is one of those teams that they're smart and they get out at the right time and I think you can see that McDonough's contract he's on the there's not Gas is slowly leaving that tank and I think every as good as he was uh when Tampa won their last cup, he, I would say he's one of their best players. But you could tell this year he even injuries aside, he's just he's slowing down a bit. And that's why Tampa's so good, is that they make the brutal, difficult, tough decisions. Uh there's a lot of rumors out there that they basically told Ryan McDonough, Look, you either waive your uh your your no trade clause and or else we are going to put you on waivers. So we will take nothing back for you, but you'll go on waivers, and Columbus is going to pick you up. So we've arranged a trade for Nashville. So you either accept a trade to Nashville or we'll be forced to put you on waivers and go to a team that you probably want to... We'll get You'll get selected by a team you want to go to even less. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure that was a very uncomfortable conversation between Julian Brisebois and Ryan McDonough. Uh, and, again, there's a whole other implications for that of whether or not that team should be able to tell players that that's a whole other discussion but uh it just goes to show you that Tampa is they they're winners and they do what they have to do they make the the difficult decisions um and you know say what you will about the return but you know mcdonough at his age and even though he could really I sure you could still help a team but that's that cap hit in that age is a little worrisome and you know it, even if it maybe helps Nashville in the short term although there's st- Still, they were stacked before McDonough got there on their left side with Yossi and Ekholm, so I still kind of question why they would do that when the whole thing is Philip Forsberg wants to get paid by them and they need forward depth, so why they're just building, you know. But that's Nashville style, and it's been for years, is that they their defensemen uh, focused first and foremost, and then they just they fill out the rest of their team. So we'll see if it works for them, but, uh, yeah, I have my doubts. But, again, that uh, circling back to Tampa – you know That's the reason they are have been as successful as they are. They're usually ahead of the curve on these things. So getting out at the right time, you might think, on the McDonough contract. Um Yeah, so as I said the other day, just more rumors spiraling this morning. Of course, I'm seeing uh, J.T. Miller linked once again to the New York Rangers, but I've also seen a litany of other players linked to the Rangers at this point. And, I mean, that's definitely that time of year. We know Chris Drury doesn't let much out, so if you're hearing rumors out there, please take them with a grain of salt. This is the time of year where players and their agents and teams, they leak things out to drive prices up from other teams. There's teams that might not be involved, but they could just say, hey, you know, it could have just been like, hey, a call from Chris Drury that's going, hey, what's going on with JT Miller? And so then they can technically go to a beat writer and be like, yeah, you know, we've been talk or a source and say, hey, leak it out that we were talking to the or the Rangers have a lot of interest in J.T. Miller, even though it might have just been like, hey, so what's the deal? What's the cost for this guy? Just out of curiosity, you know, and it seems like Chris Drury is the type to definitely uh, touch base and just do his due diligence and be patient. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many people guaranteeing that Miller will be moved by the end of the week. Uh, I don't know. Who knows? But we also know the Canucks have made an offer to him. Um, as for could the Rangers use a player like JT Miller? It's a tough one because, of course, on paper, the player that he's become since uh, getting traded from the Rangers uh, years ago to the Tampa Bay Lightning and then subsequently getting moved again to Vancouver, he's clearly finally it's, he figured it out, but he's he's basically you know in his, entering his 30s now. And he's going to get paid. He just had his best season of his career. He had 99 points in uh, 80 games. But again, you know, everything this, at least this season, seemed to flow through him. And he was playing in all situations for the Canucks on their power play. He got some PK time, loads of even strength minutes. And... If you're he, first of all, if you're the Rangers, you're bringing him in to augment your situation. You're not bringing him as your one C. He's going to be a one B type with Jad He probably, I assume, they would draw him into the power play in the Strom spot. If, but who knows? Maybe they put him on the second unit. So, are you paying? You know the the, the amount of muck money he's going to command because he's only got one year left on his deal um, at five point two five, which is even as it stands for that one year is tough for the rangers to to fit with the the amount of other deals they have to get done so then you need, need players who need contracts to go back the other way like Philip Heedle, like a who uh and again you know these are yeah those are touchy subjects for me personally and for I'm sure for most rangers fans cuz again I don't think the the question is is JT Miller a good player I think we can see he's blossomed into a pretty competitive uh, and good player, but you're going to be paying him for minutes. He's, he's not going to be playing because you have now, instead of being on a, a team where it's him, Elias Pettersson, who's been up and down. And then, you know, Brock Besser, who's more of just a, a pure score you know, finisher. Now you're entering a team that has Chris Kreider, who scored uh 50 plus goals, who has Mika Zibanejad already, who has Artemi Panarin. So now are you for the amount of money he's going to command? Are you getting good value from him, and especially the fact that he's going to be thirty? And this is a team that kind of is already extended between two windows. So I guess the question is, does Chris Jury care about these things, or does he say, "No, we have a window now, and then we'll figure it out down the line. We take our chance now. We just went to the East, you know the Eastern Conference Final. We were the third team. <laughs> you know, we were literally the the third to la- second to last team left in the um. No, I was right. They're the third, third to last team left in the NHL, other than the two teams that went to the Cup final. Uh so yeah, again, there's gonna be a lot of smoke and a lot of talk, especially around the draft. Which, as if you're listening to this on Thursday morning, you're gonna you're gonna hear even more about J.T. Miller, sure. And you know, we know Vancouver is such a that's a market where there's a lot of lot of leaks and a lot of talk, and it's clearly a very uh, not as that organization is not as tight-lipped, I would say, and I think by design, um, as the New York Rangers, especially at the helm with Chris Drury, you know. So, oh, also I apologize if you hear a whir. I have, uh, you know, the AC on in here, as it's quite toasty up in here. I'm on in the third floor of a third, three-story walk-up, so of course heat rises, so it gets pretty warm, you know, up here. So, and if I open my window to let a breeze in, you're now hearing uh, ambulances and. You know, cop cars and, you know, fire trucks and just cars and music blasting as you would expect living in Brooklyn. So this was the uh, lesser of two evils. So unfortunately, um, you know, sorry if you're if it's annoying, but it is what it is. And it's keeping me cool. So um, but anyway, back to Miller. Yeah, I mean, look, there's been so much has been made about the New York Rangers trying to find the second line center that fits for them next year. There's different ways you can look at it. Uh, you know, it was either re sign one of Stromer Cop, who's already with the team, but it looks like both, you know, Larry Brooks reported both those players are going to test free agency. They're going to see how much they can get. Maybe it, I think at this point you can see that that Kopp maybe is going to price himself out of the Rangers, which, you know, is maybe upsetting, but at the same time it's the Rangers need a little bit more foot speed and Cop, as good as he was in his short tenure, here he's not the most fleet of foot, and he's had some injuries. And I guess the question is, is he going to be this player that he was coming over, or is he going to kind of revert to more of the guy he was in in Winnipeg, as good as that player was at times? So that's one thing. Uh, do the Rangers trust Filipedel to to progress on what he showed in the playoffs? And that's a tough one because as much as we like Filipedel, I think I personally think. He is a guy who is an excellent one-on-one player who can excel in those moments, but I just think, you know, you, you your second line center has a lot of responsibility. I mean, you know, defensively, you got to utilize your teammates consistently to create scoring chances and shut. And you sometimes you'll be tasked with shutting down some of the best lines in the league because you know most of the elite teams now they don't have one elite line; they have two. So can he'll do that on a, on a nightly basis? I you know, I don't know. I There's a part of me that thinks he's shown the glimpses to show that he can be dominant with his combo of uh, strength and size as he just keeps the kids growing like a weed. He just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and taller and lankier in his puck protection. He's getting stronger on his edges, and you just see the, the pure talent he has. But at the same time, I think his problems have always been what they've been. You know, I think he's passing the puck a little bit better than he used to, but he still gets tunnel vision. He doesn't, you know, uh, and... They're like, you know, he's can still sometimes find himself, you know, there's times where he's engaged and there's times where he's not, he's not getting to the areas he needs to, to be effective. So, uh, that would obviously be the most cost effective, um, avenue for the Rangers. But again, I think Chris Drury, I, I personally get the sense, and this is not based on any, I don't have any insider info. I don't have any sources or anything like that, but I just think you get the sense that Drury, based on the way the season went, and we already know what James Dolan's uh, preferences are. They, he wants a competitive team always, so your team just went to the Eastern Conference Final and you know lost in Game 6. So they're going to look to be better in the short term. So if that's signing a player who's ready now to be that guy, they Unfortunately, it seems like they're going to pay for the privilege to do so. So you could probably kiss one of uh, Nils Lundqvist or Filipedal, or, you know, I hate to even say this, Capo Kako uh, goodbye. Um, as far as Miller goes, it seems like a big sticking point for them was that they want Braden Schneider. Uh, and obviously, you could sell, tell that, like, the Rangers, Chris Drury has refused to step off of a player like that. And understandably, I mean you know, a, a big, nasty, uh, right-handed, you know, shot D who is going to eventually be your Jacob Truber replacement, uh, I can understand, you know, those are the type of players that you quote-unquote win with, whether you agree with that or not, uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending how you look at it, most of the old guard of hockey and the, the GMs look at that. They talk about toughness and being tough to play against and nastiness, and even though he might not be as effective as at making outlet passes as some other ones, just the fact that he can throw big hits and do some damage and make, you know, and I don't want to make brain Schneider sound totally devoid of skill because he's not, he's actually skates well for, uh, uh, you know, the type of defenseman he's projected to be and is, and you know, he's made some pretty good head, heads up plays and he's, you know, he's scored, uh, How many goals do you have this year? Two, three, maybe, you know, he's shown that he can have a good release at times and he's only going to get better with confidence, but you know, I guess it's, what do you think his ceiling is? But at the same time, it's, he's one of those players that you, you want because they prove they at their strength and their mean streak, they can be durable. They can log big minutes. You'll never have to pay them too much because they're never going to put up big points, but they just keep, you know, they keep you, uh, you keep you even (laughs) when they're on the ice Uh, And they, you know, keep your opponents honest. So that's a winning caliber type player in the eyes of many of the NHL, you know, uh, front offices. And surely Chris Drury, a player, a competitor with his background would feel the same way, I'm sure. So. We'll see. it would be interesting to see if the Rangers said you know would not want it they would finally agreed to to uh, pony up a Brayden Schneider to get a player they covered it, but I don't see it right now, but who knows i could be my jaw could be on the floor tomorrow to see they they traded Schneider or Capo Caco for uh, a jt Miller type but yeah, I mean again this I think if my personal opinion this is a lot of you know team and agent floating interest to get uh, you know either the, you know, to get other teams to to increase their offers or to get the player um, to be more reasonable. So we do know they've made him an offer. So we'll see what happens on the JT Miller front. As I had mentioned off the top of the podcast, this it is draft day. and you know, uh strangely enough, for the first time in the last few years, the Rangers do not have many picks. You know, they've been rebuilding since they sent the letter out and they traded Ryan McDonough and J.T. Miller and uh Kevin Hayes and you know, bought out Dan Girardi and Mark Stahl, uh, and traded Rick Nash and Matt Zuccarello. So of course they've had a lot of first-round picks to play with and you know, they've picked up players like Ryan Lindgren and uh Capo Caco and Alexi Lafreniere and Vitaly Kravtsov and Keandre Miller and Philip Heedle and, uh, Leah Sanderson. uh, but all you know, also through those, you know, players like Brett Burrard and, um, Brennan Othman and Zach Jones and Matthew Robertson and Braden Schneider and Keandre Miller. So, yeah, I mean, clearly you can see the fingerprints of, those Rangers high picks all over this team. Now there's with so many of their young players, um, but they have entered that new phase where they are cashing in their young capital to, yeah, to, um, to get players that help them in the short term and not wait. So I, I doubt you're going to see the Rangers draft high this year. I don't think they, there's any chance they'd try to trade into the first round and we'll see about next year. If I'll, uh, uh, you know, We'll see if the Rangers end up trading their first-round pick next year. But they I assume the feeling is that they can now trade some of these young players because, of course, there's only so many spots, and it's not like even if they're getting older, this team still has Mika Banja and Artemi Panarin and these types. They're not going anywhere. So, yeah, it's just suffice it to say reason dictates that you can't play or pay all these players, so they're going to get – cashed in for players to help the Rangers in the short term or maybe have younger players with, with promise but who are already in the league and already locked up under team control. Um, but, yeah, not so much drafting a player that maybe they they will be excellent in the future but that it wouldn't figure into the Rangers' plans for at least three to four seasons. That doesn't really seem to help them. So, yeah, I wouldn't expect anything. Any trades that the Rangers do on draft day or most likely just – have nothing little to do with the draft and more to do itself, but more to do with just making a deal because the GMs are on the floor together and they can talk things out more and things are being discussed. So, yeah. Uh, and for me, who is usually a, a big, I'm usually a big draft guy and a big prospect guy, but if I'm being honest, you know, I, I haven't been into it as much as last year, just because the with the run the Rangers have been on, I've been more focused on that team and the here and now and less on the future. Uh, so like I said, when your team is not projected to make the playoffs, you do a lot of research on who they could potentially use a bunch of their picks on, you know, what players are promising, cause it could be the future of your fa- franchise, but not so much this year. And that's okay. Because again, I, I wouldn't, tra- you know, after the last few years of not having any playoff hockey, this run was absolutely awesome as a Rangers fan. You know, it was so much fun as heartbreaking as it ended uh, really proud of this group and, you know, just thankful for the ride because that's what it's all about, even if you don't, listen, you know, 30, <laughs> 31 other teams did not win the Stanley Cups. So it's not like the Rangers are alone, but as it's painful getting so close, you know, right, getting out in game six of the ECF. But, uh, yeah, for a lot of organizations, exciting day. I mean, you know, first and foremost, the Devils in the top two again. Uh, but after talking to Neil the other day, you could tell that, you know, there is a chance that pick is in play, but I, I don't think it gets moved, but we'll see, you know, stranger things have happened. Um, but yeah, I think you can tell that their patience in that, the, the fan base, especially if you're talking to the, the Gibby, oh my God. Uh, yeah, it's wearing thin in terms of you can only draft high so much and you want to see results out at, at a certain point. So, but Montreal is hosting the draft. They have the first overall pick. So, you know, after COVID, uh, taking the draft away from them the first time. It's nice now that they, they get the first overall pick in, you know, the draft. So happy for them. As for who they will take, you know, I don't know how familiar all of you are with the players projected to go in the first round. I think you've at least heard the name Shane Wright, uh, Juraj Slavkovsky, and Logan Cooley. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, right now everyone, it's still – Prevailing wisdom still seems to be that Shane Wright is still the guy at number one, just a more maybe not a very high upside center, but just very smart impacts the game in a lot of areas. And, you know, I I honestly, you know, he's I wouldn't say so much, you know, some you've heard some people say Patrice Bergeron, which I think is a too lofty of a comparison. I don't think he ever becomes that sort of player. But, you know, I uh, yeah, I don't know. I you know, honestly in a lot of ways maybe David Krejci is a little bit more applicable. I think he's got a little bit more upside than offensively than Krejci, but I just don't think he'll ever be as good defensively or just, you know, I don't think he'll be also a supremely high scorer, but uh and for a team like Montreal, I think you have Suzuki, who's the guy who can probably put up really really good offensive numbers and then to have a one-two punch of Suzuki and Wright and then Cole Caulfield, you can probably put on as a pure offense guy. You can put him with Shane Wright, and that'll kind of help both players out a little bit. It just kind of makes a lot of sense. And obviously for the Devils, they already have Nico and Jack. So you would think in a lot of ways, if they don't if they don't take Cooley too, they would take uh, Slavkovsky just having a big, you know, especially because they have a lot of speedy, smaller guys in that team. But now you've had uh, a kid with size who can score. <laughs> I mean, it makes all the sense in the world. So... Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens come draft day. But again, I admittedly, there's obviously I try to keep my um, finger on the pulse and, you know, of a lot of these players. But I'm not familiar with all of them this year, just because, like I said, I've been focusing on the Rangers. So I have some players I really like. It kills me that the Rangers are not in a position to draft uh, Frank Nazar from the University of Michigan, who I think is a player that the Rangers could absolutely need in the future. Um, but. But when you're competing, you're not really usually in this position. Uh, may, like I said, maybe if, if the Rangers have a little bit of a regression in season next year, maybe Christuri holds on to their first-round pick, so the Rangers will be able to make a pick. But if you're the New York Rangers, you're hoping your picks, at the at the very least, are in the, the tail end of the first round for the next uh, few seasons. So, uh, But, yeah, I'm still going to be watching the draft just because it's always fun and interesting no matter what. And this will be, you know, since the— the pandemic, this is the first time we'll be go back to the traditional in the arena draft with the fans. So, yeah, it's it's and again, Montreal is a really cool setting for that. And them having the first overall pick is very cool. <laughs> the action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you could fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right, just make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Pierre Maguire will be back on our, our screens, or at least if you're watching uh, on Sportsnet up in Canada, which was very interesting to say the least after being let go by the Ottawa Senators. And and I guess, listen, I, I understand why people dislike Pierre and make fun of him and dunk on him. You know, he is passionate about prospects and young players, I mean— is it always funneled in the right energy in the right direction? I, I'm not so sure. Obviously the jokes with knowing the mother's maiden name and have knowing the full story and the long winded, uh, you know, you can spin a yarn about a player's, uh, you know, their lineage and their history and all that, or where they used to play as they progress in the, in the league. But, uh, yeah, he's clearly passionate about young players. So, and he's recognizable. And I mean, there's not much to say because usually, uh, and it's funny, I think <laughs> Jay Fresh on Twitter put it pretty perfectly that, you know, say what you will about Pierre Maguire, but he's the only one that openly acknowledges that it's essentially a boy auction, <laughs> the the draft, and, uh, you know, other, or maybe other pundits might be, try to hold their tongue or be like, oh, that's an interesting off-the-board pick. He'll be like, this is a horrible pick that sets your franchise back 18 years, you know, so... Uh, hot, you know, hot takes at the draft are always fun and interesting, and at the very least you get a good talking point out of it, so, um, yeah, uh, you know, I, you figured it was only a matter of time that Pierre would find himself back on your television screens, and here he is, so, yeah, welcome back, Pierre. Um, in other news, Larry Brooks of the New York Post, Uncle Larry, reported today that the New York Rangers are likely to buy out the contract of Patrick Nemeth, uh, Obviously, most Rangers fans know that Nemeth had a real horror show of his season this year for the Rangers. And there's a listen, there's a, a lot of factors about that. You could obviously maybe point to his age, but he definitely had COVID at one point. He missed a lot of time due to personal reasons. It de- definitely sounded like he had long COVID, which, as you know, had messed up a lot of players um, in a lot of different sports leagues. So that's really tough. He had some situations at home with his family. I know. also know he became a father, so that definitely took some of his personal focus away. So yeah, just unfortunately his, uh, that contract was, was definitely a little suspect when Ranger signed it. It didn't go very well. So if they do buy him out, but I think they got a a, one, you know, 1.5 in, uh, savings, but then obviously you have a buy on the book. So that just lingers. So yeah. Uh, yeah, not unfortunate, you know, just, it didn't work out, you know, obviously, uh, again, I wasn't too thrilled and. Actually, no, that's not too true. That's kind of revisionist history. I think I was said, you know what, because I looked at his numbers and they were actually pretty solid for, he was a little over his head in Detroit when he was there, but he was, you know, he just solid for a a lower pairing guy on the avalanche for the last few seasons. Um, But yeah, just nothing really went right for him. And and in fairness to him, he constantly got paired with, you know, either Nils Lundqvist or uh, Brayden Schneider, who are two young guys trying to figure out an enter the league. Not like they were good partners either, you know, at times. So, yeah, that's like I said, it unfortunately didn't go, it didn't work out for both parties. So the Rangers, I guess, if Larry's to be believed, are going to buy him out. So, yeah, but I, I mean, I guess the good thing is you know that. That means the Rangers are probably ready to move on internally with one of their young prospects. So hopefully Zach Jones gets a shot. I mean, he lost that. I don't think Justin Braun comes back. Um, I assume you know what he's probably gonna go back to the Flyers. I could see that, but you know, uh, again, it sucks it didn't work out with Nemeth, but yeah, the Rangers have had a, a so many good young defensemen in their at least prospects down the minors. So between one, whoever ends up staying of Lungfist, Robertson, Zach Jones, Braden Schneider, um, yeah, they they will be tasked with uh, holding down that third pairing. So we'll see, unless the Rangers do another off-the-board third-pairing signing again. But uh, who knows? Hopefully they learn their lesson the first time. And it just seems like a Zach Jones-Brain-Schneider pairing has been in the works for a while i you know who knows if the rangers worry about jones size but just when he has the puck on his stick man he can do stuff with it and that's what the rangers definitely need they need to break out of their own and better and you know hopefully he just works on filling out the areas of his games where he's a little deficient you know, or just kind of maybe tries to much like uh gerard gallant told phil people to look at uh, mika zibanejad just tell you know, Jones to look at Fox and say, look, you don't have to be huge to defend well at the NHL level. Just have to use your smarts and your stick when you're undersized. So, so yeah, um, stinks. didn't work out for Nemeth stinks. The Rangers are going to have yet another buyout on their books. That they didn't have to have, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Hindsight's 2020 20 all the time, isn't it? Right. So it is what it is. And finally, the league released the schedule for next season today, which was a lot of fun, but, A lot of fans were actually upset because if you look at it, uh, their new whatever random matrix for scheduling now with the 32 teams. Yeah, uh, a lot of you're not a lot of uh, important key matchups where you'd think into, you know, interdivisional rivalries like teams like the the Rangers are only playing the Islanders three times a season and they're all before Christmas, Uh, I believe The Calgary Flames, the Edmonton Oilers, the Battle of Alberta is only happening three times, which is absolutely insane. Uh, Yeah, I I think even I saw that. Pittsburgh and Philly are only three times. And listen, I am not a marketing genius, but I know this is a bad idea. Um, You know, they say what you will about wanting to get eyes on your entire league. And obviously want to make sure the Rangers get it, and all the other teams in the league get a chance to play each other and have that visibility. But you interdivisional rivalries are more important and are more appointment TV. So, yeah, that should be a no brainer. I don't know what the league is thinking with this um, or what the schedule makers or why it was approved. But, yeah, I, I don't understand this at all. Um, it just yeah, I don't know what the argument is. Maybe there is a very eloquent argument that could be made but it seems kind of short-sighted and stupid to me. I'm sure James has a lot of feelings on this as well. This is ch- just the type of stuff that gets his uh, his blood pumping a little bit, so I'm sure he's got an opinion on it, so we'll, we'll ask him when he's back on the podcast next week. But yeah, I, I just think it sounds uh, pretty stupid to me. Anyway, the big takeaway is the Rangers' home opener is uh, also their first game of the year, October 11th, against the Tampa Bay Lightning in a rematch from the Eastern Conference Finals. So that's interesting. Uh, I'm trying to think of other games to note. Uh, it's weird. The Rangers, obviously, they have Tampa Bay at home, and then they immediately go westward for a two-game road trip swing uh, against Minnesota and Winnipeg. Then they have the next big block of their games. They, I think, believe, have four games in a row at home. Then three on the road, the Islanders for the first time, Dallas and Arizona. Yeah, it's a real weird schedule. Uh, You know, then they have another mini road trip doing uh, most of the Easter Seaboard in Detroit. Uh, Yeah, so, again, like I mentioned, only playing the, you know, they play the Devils four times, but only playing the Islanders three times, and their last matchup with them is, I believe, it's, like, the 22nd of December. So, and then no Islanders again for the rest of the year, which is kind of strange, you know, with, uh, yeah, I don't understand this. I think the Rangers play Boston a bunch of times. I, I just, yeah, I don't understand some of these decisions and, and teams like how many times do they play Toronto. I'm looking at this. Uh, yeah, I, I, this schedule is weird, man. Um, we know the Rangers usually do New Year's Eve on the road. I feel like they're always in, in Florida for New Year's Eve. Uh, this year they actually play New Year's Day, 5 p.m. game um, at the Florida Panthers. So yeah, uh, interesting schedule to say the least. Their last two games of the year are on the road at Buffalo and at Toronto. So yeah, uh, this is a weird one. Again, I'm sure James has lots of thoughts and I want to get to them when he gets back in the podcast. But yeah, I just, uh, interesting, but uh, it is crazy to think because usually the off season is brutal and you're just waiting for Rangers hockey to be back. And, you know, the Rangers are actually going a long run under here and now it seems like they're already releasing the schedule for October. So yeah. And it seems like the summer is already flying. So, so you know, sooner rather than later, it's going to be right around the corner. So that's good. Um, I don't know if you just heard that, uh, there's plenty of leftover fireworks here in Brooklyn. So they've been going off, uh, every night since the fourth, just people, emptying their supply so just nice to hear a random uh firework in the background every now and then all right that's gonna do it for this edition of the podcast thank you so much for listening i hope everyone who listens to this enjoys the draft can't wait to have james back uh oh two little quick things first of all the broadway boys podcast would like to congratulate mike Greer who was an assistant general manager and advisor to uh, the general manager Chris Drury with the Rangers uh, obviously a longtime player he was just hired as the general manager of the San Jose Sharks um, that would make him the first black man to be the a general manager in the National Hockey League so long overdue congratulations to him um, his, I believe his brother is the general manager of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, And I believe his father was a executive in football for a long time. So from his tenure as a player to coming from a family with a front office management background, uh, the San Jose Sharks are getting uh, a really quality hire here. Obviously, it sucks for the Rangers to lose him. But for an opportunity like this, obviously, uh, it's awesome for Mike. And he's very deserving. So congratulations to Mike Greer. Also, uh, Jessica Campbell, who was supposed to coach for the Rangers at the development camp, uh, was just hired as the head coach of the Seattle Kraken's AHL affiliate, making her the first woman to be a head coach in the American Hockey League. This is absolutely huge for her. Obviously, again, it sucks not now that she won't be involved with the Rangers but uh, you know, again, another historic hire. Um, it's been a good week for that with sports. You know, it's about time. So, and now that teams are are finally doing what they should have done a long time ago, and you're seeing players in these positions. It's uh, there seems to be a domino effect. We saw the New Jersey Devils named Kate Madigan uh, as an assistant general manager to their head GM Tom Fitzgerald. She's worked with the team, I believe, for in the Hockey Ops Department for the last uh, five seasons. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, you have so many overqualified uh, candidates out there. And so it's nice to see some, um, yeah, some important hires and some important faces who aren't just, uh, oh, they played X number of games with the franchise. And then they shadowed the GM for, you know, I don't know, a month. And they're like, all right, we're ready. Um, these are people that have done the work and yeah, they're ready for this moment so again, it's awesome to see thank you so much everyone for listening to this edition of the Broadway Boys Podcast uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod please rate, review, and subscribe it's great going to New York Ra- Rangers related podcasts and seeing ourselves on the main page amongst some of the other uh, titans of the New York Rangers centric uh, podcast uh, industry if you wanna, whatever you want to call it so yeah, no, we really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, we will hope you all enjoy the draft, and we will see you all again next Monday. So, yep, yeah, enjoy the draft, everyone. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the hockeypodcastnetwork.com.